0: Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This morning we continue our series on Zechariah, and of course that just happens to be our Old Testament lesson of the prophecy of this day of Palm Sunday. And so our theme, uh, God's kingdom within you, God lives within you, and that's what really Holy Week's all about. And that's what Jesus' coming really is all about, that Christ is alive in you and that his kingdom lives in you. And so you can't have a kingdom, though, without a king. And so Zechariah today introduces us to the king. He says that this king is righteous and having salvation and humble as on a donkey. Uh, Look at this slide. And there are two burgers here. Which one would you eat? And you think, well, they're from different companies. No, this is the same burger. One is the advertised burger from the restaurant, and the other one is the the real burger. Do expectations meet reality? Which burger would you rather eat? This is what happens when their expectations fail to meet reality. Um, How about this slide? Is this the same girl? And actually, yes, it is. It's quite the makeover. Sometimes, Expectations exceed reality. I would imagine that's what she's feeling. Her expectations exceeded her reality. What do you want? Do you want expectations to exceed reality? Well, that's what this guy wanted. On the left there, you can see how the dad thought packing the car would go. That was his expectations. and uh, his expectations did exceed reality. Uh, but you can see how things actually went, you know, what went wrong. Well, sometimes exceeding expectations can be a bad thing. So, did your expectations meet reality? About a year ago, when we were cast into our homes and asked a social distance with COVID, how did your expectations meet your reality? Did, what, what had it change in your life? As we went through this whole pandemic. And how did you deal with all that? With anger, frustration, loneliness, uh, despair. Were you bored? What happens when expectations meet reality? Well, that's what Palm Sunday is all about. Expectations meet reality. Who is this king? And we find out... Great expectations meet bitter realities. On Palm Sunday, Jesus was the main attraction for the parade. And of course, he was into Jerusalem. However, it wasn't the only parade that happened that year. Roman historians tell us that that soldiers constantly marched in Jerusalem on a regular basis. um, And they would lead military parades. And the Roman cavalry would march into Jerusalem. Pilate would lead them usually uh, on a horse, and the soldiers would be clad in leather armor. They would have their, their spears, their swords and hardened steel um, with their golden helmets glistening in the sun with them marching to the beat and the cadence of the drum. And the message to all the residents in Jerusalem was clear, peace comes through military might. And muscle. Peace comes through military might and muscle. It was called the Pax Romana. It was called the Roman peace. And, but peace, this peace didn't come without a price. And the people, the people of God that lived in Jerusalem, did not feel at peace at all. In fact, they hated the Romans and considered them the enemies. And so on Palm Sunday, the crowd had expectations. Um, They had expectations about a king, about a Messiah, about Jesus, that he was going to come and he was going to defeat Pilate and he was going to destroy the Romans. And that's why the crowd shouted, Hosanna. Hosanna. Hosanna to the son of David. Um, The word Hosanna means, save us now. Why were they crying out to this king to save them now? They were hoping he'd save them from the Roman occupation. The crowd expected Jesus to demonstrate the same kind of military muscle and might that his descendant King David had once done, who was such a great warrior. Hosanna to the warrior, the son of David. What do you think they expected? What do you think they got? you remember what happened? What were they about to learn? Here's the reality. Rejoice greatly, daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, humble and riding on a donkey. Well, there's a lot in that verse, so let's take it word by word and let's, let's unpack it. First, I want you to look at these three words, behold your king. Now, the word behold means to look, to see, uh, to gaze. It's it's, Well, this is what I'm saying. This is the point. So what's Zechariah's point? What's Zechariah pointing to? Behold your king. That's the attention. Zechariah wants us to look at a king. And so we think about a king, and we think, okay, well, kings have authority, and kings have might, and kings have power, and and uh, but this king isn't just somebody's king. This king isn't just a king, this king is your king. Your king and the king of the world. And your king comes to you. Have you ever had come king come to you? This king comes to you. Do your expectations meet your reality? If your king has come to you, are you disappointed? Were you expecting more? Behold, your king comes to you. The word you here is singular. Uh, It's personal. It's intimate. It's more than a picture on your driver's license. You are more than just a number uh, on your social security number. Um, You're more than a person lost in a crowd. You see, you, 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 are important to God in ways you can't even imagine. The king comes to you so that you will never be forgotten. But are you impressed with the donkey? Is that what you were expecting? Are you impressed with your king? Do your expectations meet your reality? Well, let's dig deeper. Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king comes to you righteous. That word righteous means right. Your king is righteous. And these two words don't go together, king and righteous. You might have a person who's righteous, and you might have a king, but very rarely did you have a righteous king. This is the list of the good, the bad, the ugly of all the kings of Israel. And, of course, they had very few righteous kings. If you look at this slide, you'll see the good kings are highlighted in yellow. If I can get them to drop. yep, The good kings are highlighted in yellow there. Um, but on the right-hand column, that's the northern kingdom of Israel. Nineteen kings, nineteen unbelievers. Not a single believer in the whole bunch. In the left-hand column, the southern kingdom in Judah, there were 12 out of 20 kings that were unbelievers. Righteous kings are rare. But Zechariah says, behold, your king comes to you righteous and having salvation. Having salvation. Listen, if you have something, there's only two things you can do with it. You can keep it or you can give it away. So Zechariah describes this king as having salvation. Well, what's this king going to choose to do? Is he going to keep it or is he going to give it away? And, of course, we know what this king chose to do. He He chose to give it away freely without cost. Well, without cost to us anyway. It was going to cost him plenty. And here you see the price that he had to pay. Here you see the cost. This is your king of salvation. Salvation has a name, Jesus. Salvation has a a place, Golgotha. Salvation has a day, Friday. Salvation has a time, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. in the afternoon. Salvation has a cost, the blood of God's own Son. And salvation has tools. There was nails and a hammer and spear and a crown of thorns. Behold, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation. His salvation is given freely. This is a different kind of king. Do your expectations meet reality? Do you see your king coming to you, or are you greatly disappointed? Behold, your king comes to you, righteous and having salvation, humble and riding upon a donkey. <laughs> a donkey? Where are the horses? Where are the chariots? Where's the pomp? Horses and chariots are for winners. Have you ever seen that progressive insurance commercial where Flo is, uh, is, is giving a bunch of her leaders donuts and Alan takes one with sprinkles on it and Flo says, no, no, sprinkles are for winners. Well, horses and chariots are for winners. Donkeys are for losers. But would Jesus lose? Of course not. So why is he riding a donkey? Where's the horse? Where's the mighty steed? Where's the war horse? Where's the stallion? A donkey? He didn't even have an army to lead him into Jerusalem. There were no glistening swords and spears and chariots or glowing helmets. What are your expectations of such a king? Do your expectations meet reality? But remember, this is a different kind of king. And he offers a different kind of thing. A different kind of peace. He delivers peace with God so that we can have peace with God. And how does he do that? He gives us peace to lower anxiety. He gives us peace to to calm our fears, to, to put us in a good relationship, to settle our hearts with God. How does he do that? Well, Zechariah 11.12 tells us that the king will be sold for 30 pieces of silver. Again, this is a prophecy, hundreds of years before it happens. Zechariah 12.10 adds that this king will be pierced with a spear and then die. Zechariah 13.7 says that the king will be struck and then the people will scatter. Do you remember the people's expectations Defeat Rome. Did their expectation meet reality? Not at all. The reality? Well, the reality was ugly. The reality was that this king would die for his people. The reality was a cross, and then on Friday, on Good Friday, they nailed him to the cross and a sign hung over his head This is the king of the Jews. Hmm. Looking for a king who would crush Rome, the people missed the king who crushed Satan. They missed the king who crushed sin and death. They missed the king who brought everlasting peace with God. And to prove it, God turned Good Friday's darkness into the light of the resurrection of Easter. He turned grieving and sorrow and sadness into joy. Now look at this slide. What do you see? You know, of course, a bunch of threads all mixed up, all tangled up. Sometimes that's the way our lives are. We have peace. Instead, we have confusion. Confusion about all kinds of things. Who am I and? What am I? Am I a boy or am I a girl? Things like that. Confusion. We have pandemics. We have economic troubles. We have personal troubles and problems. We have relationship issues, financial issues, and sin problems. And our life sometimes looks like just a a mangled, tangled bunch of threads. Sometimes our life seems chaotic, without meaning, without purpose. But then Jesus comes to deal with the chaos. Jesus comes to deliver God's plan of salvation to us. He comes to speak peace to the nations. And Zechariah reminds us, And I will cut off chariots from Ephraim, and the horse from Jerusalem, and the bow of warfare will be cut off. And he will speak peace to the nations. And his rule will be from sea to sea, from the river to the ends of the earth. In the midst of our chaos, Jesus comes. In the midst of our tangled lives, Jesus comes to speak peace to the nations. And this gift of peace that Jesus gives, one day will end all our chaos. This peace that He offers one day will bring an end to all our brokenness. This peace that He offers one day will bring an end to all sin. This peace He offers one day will bring an end to all death and to pain and to sickness and to tears and to suffering. Jesus speaks peace. He delivers to you the joy of salvation. He puts faith and forgiveness into your heart. He delivers His kingdom to you. That's what a king does. And so we get back to our introduction slide because in our introduction slide we see the living waters that flow through us. Jesus, the king, comes to you to plant faith so the living waters flow into you and flow through you and then flow out of you. His kingdom is restored in you. This this word for peace is called shalom. 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 Shalom means restore. And look what needs to be restored. Your human heart. Let me illustrate. Again, I want you to look at what Jesus does with a tangled mess of chaos in our lives. And then look at this. This is a tapestry of Jesus returning back to earth someday. A tapestry made of many threads. This is a tapestry of Jesus on Palm Sunday. And look what Jesus does with all the tangled threads. Just like all the threads made a picture, a beautiful image on these tapestries, God orders your life as a tapestry. He makes all the threads make sense. This is what Jesus has done for you. He takes all the tangled threads of your life and He orders them. He takes all that tangled mess and makes it beautiful. And Paul talks about it in Romans 8, 28. For we know that God works all things together for good. Jesus puts all the threads in their proper place. And He puts all the threads back together and works it all out together for our good. And He gives us peace. Shalom. And remember what peace means? to restore well what does that mean for your life it means that pandemics don't have the last word it means fear does not have the last word it means means that panic does not have the last word Jesus has the last word and what does he say my peace I leave to you my peace I give to you what does he say Jesus came and stood among them, and he said, Peace be to you. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you'll have tribulation, but take heart. I've overcome the world. Do your expectations meet reality? Is this the king that you were expecting as you came to church today? The people of, of Rome wanted a king to destroy the Roman Empire. What did they get? They got a Messiah who spoke peace to the nations. They wanted a king to destroy Rome. What did they get? They got a Savior. And there are times where we want a God. We want a God to come and we want a God to take away our pains and our hurts and our owies, Take away our trials and our burdens in this world. We want an earthly king. To fix all our earthly problems, we want a victorious king, a king riding on a steed. That's our expectation. What do we get? A king who dies on a cross. We get a king who rides humble on a donkey. We get a king who brings salvation to you. What kind of king is Jesus? Do expectations meet reality? The reality is that He rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. However, one day, Jesus will exceed expectations. One day, Jesus is going to ride back into our world. This time, He will be riding on a a war horse. One day, our expectations will... the, The reality will exceed our expectations. But for now, well, for now we live in the reality of this world. And the reality, he suffers and he bleeds and he dies. The reality, things are tough. The reality, sometimes we die. The reality, we're sinners, but the Lord has come to speak peace to the nations. For don't you see? The reality is that Jesus died to to rise. The reality is that He's alive. The reality is that He lives for all eternity. The reality is He's living to work all things together for our good. You know, there's so much we don't have yet. But there's so much more that we do have now. Here He is. Trust your King. Embrace Him. Put your faith in Him. Believe in Him. Behold, your King comes to you, righteous and having salvation, riding on a donkey, and giving you His perfect plan of peace. Amen. Now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and the life everlasting. Amen.